For more than 25 years, Atlanta has tuned into my straightforward financial advice. I'm Dr. Gene Hensler, and this is Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. My staff and I will give you fact-based, no-nonsense answers to your financial questions. To have your questions answered on the air, send them to me, Dr. Gene at Hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, July 27th, 2019. The only thing we have to fear... The economic health of this nation has been... ...for essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline... Re- ...in the dollar... ...it's a late rally on Wall Street... ...too big to fail... ...growing the economy... ...growing the economy... It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Monitor. Good morning. What up, fam? Morning. Morning. You're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most-respected money show on the radio. I'm Troy Harmon, your most-woke host. Most, you like most woke. Most woke. Yeah. I'm trying to be hip. I mean, you're I mean, awake, I'm, woke. I'm, I'm woke. Wake you up. We woke you up. Aware of the situation. <laughs> I don't it, know what woke to be means. Cool. Yeah, well, that means that, that, means that I'm you're old. not hip. <laughs> and, and the fact that well, I'm calling myself... My 12 doesn't say that yet. Yeah, well, she's not hip. She's either. not hip. Yeah. She's still innocent. <laughs> yeah. But she'll get there. <laughs> oh, great. I can't and, wait. And the more she gets close to it... The older I get. The, yeah, the less woke you so are. So how much older are you than me, then? Wow, you must be I'm, ancient. Yeah, ancient. I am. I mean, you cut my leg off, and you'd have to count the rings Frick. for 40 days. <laughs> Just nice. to figure out how old I am. 40 days. Yeah. Okay. Probably. It'd take a while. Anyway, yeah, you know, this is a bit I always do. Uh, I'm trying to be hip, like the like the, the hipsters, you know. Sure. If I had enough hair, I'd have a man bun. One of those kind of things. <laughs> Just because I wear long pants and, you know, I've been threatening to roll them up a couple of cuffs uh, to show more of my black socks. take this radio show live. With your sandals. Yeah. Well, I mean, live you know, video. The video. Yeah, the video would be very disappointing to most people. <laughs> but, uh, you know, here we are. All right. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's not really about me. It's about the financial market. What right? is happening in the market, Troy? Well, we've uh, seen an a increase, 1%, over the last week, which is a good thing. Year to date, 21%. Yeah. Technology wow. still the king. Um, 21.6% year to date, 34.35% out of technology on the year. Wow. Uh, two and three quarter percent just in the last week. I mean, it's going crazy. Um, utilities have lagged. In fact, we're negative on the week, negative 1.7 percent uh, in the last few days uh, for utilities. Uh, Health care, as far as the uh, year-to-date number, is still in the basement, but it's positive, 7.27. There's a lot of regulatory pressures on that particular space, and, and it seems there's a, a huge disparity within the sector in healthcare, where um, uh, medical devices are actually one of the best uh, performing spaces uh, in within that, and um, you know pharmaceuticals have just been getting kicked around because you know we've got government, and by that I mean politicians on both sides of the aisle that are talking about uh, uh, profitability in those firm so you know you get pressure especially from both sides where it looks like you might be 
regulated a little more and mm-hmm. profitability squeezed out of your firm, then uh, you know it makes it doesn't that just a bit drive difficult. costs up and they just pass it on the consumer, right? Well, it does several things. The first and probably most important is the fact that it takes away the incentive for them to spend on research and development if they're not going to make as much money. Um, you know, Which who, that's not good. Exactly. Who's going to cure the next disease? And, you know, it, I say that and it sounds like a far-fetched deal, but uh, uh, hepatitis C uh, not long ago was cured by Gilead Sciences. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a pretty expensive um, dosage, you know, that uh, that they've determined, but like a, a 12, 12 dose um, treatment can cure hep C. That's um, that's important stuff. Right. And longer term, not only does it heal people, which is a good thing, but uh, longer term, it's actually cheaper for the insurance companies to go ahead and pay that. But what it has done to Gilead's uh, price, or what it did initially, was just drive it through the floor because it knocks a big hole in their pipeline. So uh, uh, it's it's kind of a weird situation. Yeah. You know, good is bad, bad is good. Um, <laughs> I think that'd be the and, opposite that they found. Exactly. But I, I could see it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, theoretically, every investment uh, is worth the present value of its future cash flows. Mm. I don't care if it's a uh, real estate, piece of real estate, or if it's uh, a stock. You know, that's kind of how pointy heads analysts like myself look at things um, <laughs> yeah well i mean you know like you said if only we had video it's more like bobbleheads i don't know <laughs> <laughs> maybe that too talking heads right isn't yeah. that what we call you yeah guys? well whatever <clears throat> talking and talking and talking yeah we talk about the future until it arrives and, the, and then you we know talk about the past and then we it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't often look at all like we said it was going. right so uh what? Anyway, it's uh, it's a tough uh, tough spot, but um, either way, we are in the middle of our earnings season, and and the market has done uh, you know a little better uh, this week. It was down slightly last week, but um, you know in the last few days we have. So everyone wants positives. to know how much higher can it go? Yeah, well, I mean, it can continue to go higher. Like I say, you know, valuations we're we're at uh, a PE that's below twenty. Um, been around 19 and a half for a few weeks. Um, and, you know, when you have earnings rise, the, the numerator in that, uh, um, in that equation can go higher and still make the denominator since the earnings are the denominator. You can make that uh, go higher as well and it doesn't look so costly. Um, I've made the case that uh, price to sales and price to EBITDA right. make the market look uh, valued more like 1999 tech bubble days, mm-hmm. um, but uh, price to earnings we still look, uh, you know, relatively reasonable. Still well above the long-term average uh, price to earnings ratio for the S&P 500, which is 16.5. So we're about three points over that. Um, you know, not into that uh, ring the alarm bells territory. Um, we look at it as a real earnings yield. When the real earnings yield gets below 2%, that bothers me. So if you wonder what that means, you take the earnings of the overall market, divide it by the price of the overall market, mm-hmm. and then subtract the interest, uh, inflation rate rather. So, um, you know, when when you do the calculation there and it gets below 2 it's, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 overvalued. Uh, right now we're where are we between two and three. It's it's closer okay. to a three. So, 
Um, you know, it, it doesn't look uh, doesn't look horribly alarming. Uh, when you look at uh, the employment situation, that actually still looks good. We did get a little information on that this week, um, and uh, you know, it's holding relatively steady. Uh, still real low, 216,000 uh, <clears throat> uh, continuing claims um, for uh, for unemployment. So you know, all things considered, uh, the what is the unemployment rate right now? Three point seven. Okay. Yeah, and we usually consider that five percent is, uh, is full employed. employment, which means that anybody that wants a job usually has one at uh, full employment. Um, but but again, you know, three seven. Uh, employment situation's been holding steady. We did get some news this week from the University of Michigan's Consumer Sentiment Survey. Uh, we got a 98.4 uh, relative to the last survey, which was two weeks ago at 98.2. We expected to see 98.5, a uh, slight disappointment, but uh, reality is, you know, there's always this disparity between current situation and expectations. Um, expectations are still pretty significantly lower than our current situation, which is about 110, I think, is the current, and 90 is the the expectation. So uh, folks are, are happy with what they've got right now, but they don't expect it to last, basically, is, right. is what that means. So if it ever gets to the point where they get so worried that they quit spending, um, then that's where economic slowdown, yeah, economic growth does tend to creep to a to a halt, and uh, and then you have you start having some serious issues. So you know everything that we're seeing right now looks okay, except we still have that weird shape of the yield curve. So financial markets are still expecting interest rates to go lower. Um, you know the one month, two month, three month, and six month uh, Treasury yields are still higher than the ten year. Than Anything well, it's a, a, it. approximately the same as the ten-year. Okay. But it's they're higher than the one-year, two, three, five, right. and seven-year. So we've got this weird dip in the yield curve. I've talked about it for months. I mean, this has happened. This happened uh, around March of this year. So do you think that's why they're talking about cutting rates? Well, they're cu they're talking about cutting rates not so much because you know the yield curve is based on the expectations of the financial markets, not so much. So the markets are expecting the Fed to cut, not just because the Fed has said that they will be supportive, but really we're seeing economic um, growth is starting to show some signs of slowing. We had a GDP uh, in the first quarter of 2019 at 3.1%, which is it was substantial. Uh, we're expecting 1.8% mm. to be uh, um, declared in the second quarter, and we should see that later this month. So it's based more on metrics and criteria, not political. Right, yeah, it's not political. And, and it, I mean, normally it's not political. Yeah. I would argue that maybe December it could have been political. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a president that came out and told us that uh, the Fed should cut interest rates. Um, or, yeah, that was it. Mm -hmm. The Fed should cut interest rates. Um, the Fed uh, decided that they would uh, raise interest rates. We got the raise, um, and then things started we saw coming happened. a little unhinged a bit. Yeah, so, uh, you know, if you look at the data right now, it doesn't look to me like uh, like we should have an interest rate cut. But if you look at the probabilities in the options market, Pretty we're high. at 100% that we'll have a rate cut in, J in uh, July. 
80% of that is saying 25 basis per, uh, point cut. 20% uh, is saying 50 basis point cut. Um, just a week ago, it was much worse. 60% cut versus uh, a 40% probability of a 50 basis point cut. So it's gotten a little better in the last week. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Money Talks. This week's Dog of the Week is uh, all about financial planning. I, I hope it's better than the last one you picked when I was on the show. Oh, what was that? I, I don't want to talk please, about it. Please remind me. I don't oh, want to talk about it. You know what? It. I remember what it was. Uh, a museum in Japan. It right? was a museum yes. in Japan. We'll, we'll just, just let it, that. Yeah, we can leave it there. Let's do that. Uh, I, you know, sometimes my dogs of the week are not um, the best for proper company, but whoever called me proper. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, yeah, you, you <laughs> hang out with folks like me, Shawna. You, you gotta have thick skin. Oh, right? that's not true. All right. Um, so this comes out of uh, the AP, Ken, uh, Kingston, Pennsylvania. There is a school district up there uh, who's trying to gather funds from uh, from their lunch program. They're owed twenty thousand dollars in arrears, and. Um, they sent out a, a, a note recently that said um, it was a warning to the thousand parents in the uh, Wyoming Valley West School District saying that uh, if you don't pay for your children's food, um, you could end up in foster care. The kids could end up in foster what? care. What? <laughs> yeah, for, uh, for lack of payment to provide them with food. So they have negative food accounts, obviously. I would assume so, yeah. They, See, our school just says they get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Or not peanut butter, because you can't have peanut uh, butter, but exactly. a cheese sandwich or something. Mm -hmm. Well, it's funny you say that, because in this story, there was a, a claim that they were going to say that you'd get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Um, their attorney told them, no, nah, don't make that claim. Just say that you're going you're gonna to send them to, to uh, foster court, care, and, uh, and they could wow. wind up in foster care. So... Um, if my parents had heard this great news when I was a kid, I'd probably have <laughs> been grown, been raised by the system. <laughs> I say that. It is a joke. No, uh, yeah. I'm sure my parents loved me as uh, as much as they did my little brother. I'm sure. Maybe not quite that much. But, well, he's know. the baby. Yeah, the baby always gets the baby's always gets the attention. Yeah, but this was uh, this was strange. Uh, they say that four parents within the school district actually own owe four hundred and fifty dollars each, wow. and that um, you know last year part of the district they they were able to uh, pick up the bill and like four I think it was four elementary schools within the district uh, were able to um, have free lunches for the kids. It was. A, you know, no additional cost. I hate to say right. free because nothing's free. No, but um, to help them out. Yeah. So, so what uh, they believe is that some of these parents have just decided in protest that if you can pay for theirs, then you just pay for mine. Oh. I won't send them with mm -hmm. any lunch money, and uh, you can bill me later. So uh, they have decided that they're going to take other means to get their money, including the potential for um, putting liens on their property. Wow. 
for four hundred dollars. They are serious <laughs> about getting their lunch money. Yeah, HOAs will do that. Oh yeah, yeah, in Wyoming yeah. Valley West School District. So, uh, I mean, you guys are financial planners. Uh, we gotta, we gotta get this straightened out, right? This, yeah. this we need to start adding do. that into the equation. Yeah, <laughs> wow. making sure you can pay lunch fees. Can you pay your lunch money? <laughs> yeah. Now? Anyway, twenty thousand dollars. I, you know, it is incumbent upon them to try to do what they can to. To uh, bridge the gap when you got a budget, you want to make oh, sure absolutely. you can hit it. But um, I mean, this is kind of a weird uh, approach to getting your money. <laughs> I'll claim that you can't have your kids back. Yeah, there are some parents That's out there that say, "Attorney's wow, advice, I, though." You said uh, so. yes, and uh, you know the the uh, the main main school district, the county came out. Uh, Luzerne County uh, managers came out and said, uh, you know, he, he insisted that the district stop making these claims. Um, but the attorney for the Wyoming Valley West, uh, names Charles Coslett, uh, said he didn't consider the letter threatening at all. He was just making a statement. Hmm. So uh, anyway, there's a battle brewing in Pennsylvania. You uh, pay 450 or lose that kid. It just seems weird. <laughs> that is odd. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got a situation we want to talk about this week, and um, hopefully it's not quite that dire, but um, there uh, there are some individuals, Jacob and Lisa, who are at odds. Fancy that. You never Husband and any, wife at odds? Yeah. That never I, I happens. Mean, I'm, I'm happily married, and I always get the last say in any argument that we have? Yeah, right. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I got a better one. And so, if you ever get in this debate with uh, with your spouse, the best final reply is, "Well, at least I married better than you did." Mm. So there you go. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of a backhanded compliment of sorts and. Uh, my wife always tends to just look at me and think, yeah, you're right. I she married looks an at idiot. You and walks away. <laughs> yes. It doesn't deserve a comment, I'm sure. You're right, but she probably agrees with me. Hmm. <laughs> but it's almost, you know, cut a cut down to her. Well, I mean, I'm just stopping the argument. That's all. <laughs> anyway, Jacob and Lisa are at odds over whether they need to consult a financial advisor. Uh, Lisa believes that they are on track for retirement. And there isn't anything an advisor can do until they have their uh, more money. Jacob believes an advisor can help coordinate so much more than just retirement. And with uh, Shauna and and uh, Peter being financial planners, Shauna being a whole lot more things. I mean, she's got the CFP behind her name. She's a uh, certified uh, public accountant. She's a CDFA. She's got. I mean, it's. It just means I know how to study. Well, okay, if you say so. <laughs> yes, dear. <laughs> yes, dear. <laughs> uh, anyway, you guys uh, surely have uh, a perspective on this. It's not really just about the money. There's a whole lot of things that you can do along the way, right? Oh, absolutely. There's a, you know, money, obviously the investment piece is a piece of the pie, but you have to look at estate planning, especially when you're first starting out. So when you're first working, you know, you have to look at what asset allocation should I have? How much insurance should I have? If you're first married, you probably still don't have a lot of assets. You know, you need to look at estate planning, um, starting to save, you know, you know, how do you situate yourself to grow in the future? Um, having children, you right. know, it's very important to do estate planning. Then They're and expensive, planning for life. 
Yes, they are. Yeah, more than $450, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's just the lunch money. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Um, So there's other things to help along the way. I wouldn't wait until you have assets to make sure that your plan is in order. Um, You know, I mean, certainly it does help with the investment piece. There's not a whole lot that you can do investment-wise if you don't have anything saved. But rearranging your budget and looking, how can I save or how much do I need to save to meet my goals? What what are your long-term goals? you have to make short goals to get to your long-term goals with right. anything. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So if you start when you're already halfway through the goal, you, you're not sure if you're meeting that expectation that you want or meeting what it is you want to do. Yeah, if you, if you can't openly answer the question, do I have enough to retire or am I doing right in order to have enough to retire, I, I mean, how do you answer that question without talking to someone who is skilled in financial planning. I mean that in itself uh to me should be kind of the kind of the check. Right. You know, if, if it's you maintaining it along and setting it up properly right. from the beginning. Yeah, and not only that. I mean the very first investment most people make is they start saving into their 401k. Mm-hmm. So question number 1 is how much? Right. And question number 2 is as I'm putting this in, what is the best way to do that? Right. If you don't just have this innate skill, and you know, you can go out and you can do some research on your own and, and figure these things out, but there's inevitably something you probably have not thought of. Right. Um, so, you know, even from from my perspective as the investment side of the house, uh, I think it's I think it's wise for somebody to at least get a little bit of counsel. You might not need a full blown financial right. plan. Just guidance. Guidance. And if you don't have kids, you might not need estate planning. Right. But knowing that that's part of the game, I mean, saving for those goals, having your children, and then having them go to college, uh, retirement's not the only thing to save for. Right. A new house. I mean, various other things. There's there's a lot of, uh, uh, of aspects that go into financial planning that doesn't necessarily make you not interesting to a financial planner until you have a whole bunch of money. Right. And a lot of times coming into that marriage, you've got a different outlook on money. You may have a higher risk tolerance. You may have more debt coming into the marriage. So there are a lot of things to look at right away. Yeah. And before you get married. Yeah. I almost guarantee you that you have a different uh, risk tolerance. Uh, Women tend to have a much lower risk tolerance than men do. And women also, because of that, quite often outperform them. And, and there's a reason that, uh, that you need to be considered this. At the end of the game, women generally tend to live longer than the guy anyway. Right, statistically. And, right. And, mm-hmm. and let's face it, that you know, if both of you have an IRA or, or a 401k and you're going to save into it, if one of them does something and the other one does something very different, it might not be what's best for the o- the overall group. So right. coordinating even your savings and, and the way that you save, not just how much you save, is probably the first important step. And having that planner as a third party to bring those two together is sometimes very helpful. Or help well. meet in the middle, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, that's the other thing is there's almost always resources surrounding that financial planner that they're going to be willing to to uh, help you you know give you that that might bring up uh, good points along the way that you probably haven't even thought about so uh don't wait it's um uh, number one start investing early but plan early as well exactly right you got to have goals and uh 
Um, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna make it through the best, it's always best to start with a great plan. Start early. All right, you're listening to Money Talks. We'll uh, be back in a few minutes and answer some financial questions you've sent to us. Stick around. Broadcasting from atop the Hensler Financial Building in the heart of Georgia's financial district, Kennesaw, Georgia, this is Money Talks. We're back. Thanks for listening. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Shauna Theriault and Peter Lynch. Shauna and Peter both work in our planning and implementation department at Hensler Financial. Uh, they have different official names, but they are financial planners. Absolutely. And, uh, mm-hmm. I'm just the guy that keeps the conversation rolling and uh, looks over your portfolio. Right? That's right. right. All right. It, it absolutely is. Uh, you know, watch the market, watch the economy, things like that. But uh, we have got uh, a few questions here we'd like to answer. But before we get into that, uh, let me tell you how you could get your an- your question answered on the air as well. We've got a question hotline number one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. The way it works, uh, you call, uh, get our voicemail, leave uh, your question recorded on our voicemail as well. Uh, we play it back on the air and answer right behind it. We do have one of those coming up. Uh, you could also call and talk to a human if you wish. Seven seven zero four two nine nine one six six. We'll get you there. Uh, you can ask for our radio show um, producer Kelly Lynn, and uh, she will get your question to us, so we can answer it on the air. Or you can email at drgene at hinsler dot com. That's spelled D R G E N E at H E N S S L E R dot com. We also have a website by the same name, Hensler.com. Uh, we have lots of uh, information uploaded there that you can go on and uh, find the answer to your own question as long as it's broad, and broad enough. If you get too specific, then you probably ought to give us a call. And, um, you know, if you have uh, more specific questions, you can always reach uh, Peter or Shauna at uh, that same number, 770-429-9166. So, guys, uh, let's go ahead and answer this uh, question. It's from uh, Bill. Uh, he's got an estate question. We will play this from our question hotline and give you an answer. Hey, my name is Bill. My question is, you have three kinds of retirement accounts. You have Roth IRAs, regular IRAs, and you have 401Ks, and you also have Roth 401Ks, so I guess there's four. Uh, of those uh, type of accounts, which should not specify a state for the beneficiary um, from a tax standpoint? If uh, you could uh, talk about that a little bit, I would appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thanks for your question, Bill and uh, Shauna. And Peter, do you have an well, answer for Well, that? really, you don't want to name any of them to your state. It's very problematic. So the current law, even though there's something in the in the works potentially the current law states that if you name an individual 
that they can stretch the distributions over their lifetime. It's, if it's a spouse, your spouse can take it on as their own. If it's a non-spouse, they can do a stretch over their lifetime. So if you dump it into the estate, um, you know, it's going to follow what your estate plan says versus what, you know, the direct beneficiary. So whatever your estate says, that is who the beneficiary is going to be, which may be the same that you want, and that's not problematic. But what is problematic is that it forces individuals to take the money out within five years. So, you know, if it's in a traditional IRA or as a traditional... As long as it's not the spouse, right? Right, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Right. Um, but, you know, you, you want it to... It's, it's best to actually name beneficiaries directly and in, how you want it to pass. In the plan itself, like for like the 401k... The, you beneficiary the beneficiary forms, that's right. Yeah, right. Versus putting it into the estate. Okay. And, and it bypasses probate. Exactly. So the court doesn't get involved at all. There's no fees. There's no, No. yeah, no debate over who gets what. It's exactly directly to the uh, individual or individuals whom you name. Where if it's part of your, you know, if it's a spouse, you know, it would go to the spouse. But if it's part of your estate, as as Peter mentioned, now you have to probate. It's a probate. It becomes a probate asset and subject to, you know, potential individuals fighting that estate or what have you. Um, so it's just problematic in general. Okay, so Roth IRA, Roth 401k, traditional IRA or traditional 401k, all best not to be left to an estate. Exactly. Correct. All right. Yep. Is there any time that you might think that it would be okay? Anytime? No, not that I can think of where no. it's better the only than... One part of research that I was uh, looking at beforehand, um, uh, they said if 100% of it's going to charity... Okay, oh. so if you but are that, going to charity, it'll be okay. Rare. And that's 100% of all your assets are going to charity, then you can leave it into the estate. Right. And you're right, that is pretty rare. But people do it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's there's a strategy you can use uh, charities in your estate to uh, reduce current taxes and all kind of other things. So oh, I guess yeah. if you were going to use something like that, then 401k or the Roth, uh, either one could uh, could benefit from that. And it's important to make sure that your beneficiaries are updated regularly. So anytime something right. big happens in life, marriage, divorce, children, it's very easy to update, um, but it's very important um, because who's ever listed as that beneficiary, even yeah, if your will says something different, it's going to go through the beneficiary designation. All right. So yeah, that very could, important. Uh, that could make a, a for uh, some uncomfortable times that you've left for someone right. else, right? Right. All right. Well, uh, thank you again, Bill, for your for your call, and uh, hopefully that helps you out. Uh, let's move on. We've got uh, a question here from Herb Kirby from Atlanta. He says, "I've been following what Bob Dahl says about the market, and I tend to agree. Uh, earnings growth forecasts are deteriorating. Uh, too many are expecting a rate cut, and valuations are too high." Uh, what do you see for the rest of the year? Uh, just choppy markets. Also, do you ever think the Fed is placating investors so they don't worry? Uh, market fears equal rate cut. Um, so will we pay for this? Um, will we pay for a rate cut, I assume, is this question? Yeah, I think I think what's happening right now with the Fed, number one, uh, the December rate increase I think was probably – uncalled for, but uh, we did have a a president who was saying don't do it, and maybe to spite him, I think our Federal Reserve decided, you know what, we're going to have another rate cut. They had been talking about it for a while, Um, and uh, the market, uh, according to the options, 
uh, side of the market uh, on uh, treasuries was indicating that we would have uh, the rate increase in December as well. It's a pretty reliable source. We're looking at it now, as I said earlier in the show. It uh, looks like 100% chance that we will have a rate cut in July. It also looks like a very high probability that we will have a second rate cut in September. And it also looks like a very high probability that we will have a third rate cut in December. So the potential for losing 75 basis points off of a two and a quarter to two and a half percent rate right now is uh, is being indicated in the uh, options market. Um, so is there anything anyone should do to prepare for that or can they? Well, uh, you know, what happens when uh, when interest rates fall, uh, bond prices Rallies. Right. increase. Right. Uh, you would also see stocks like uh, you, those that pay dividends, basically. Utilities, uh, healthcare stocks, uh, consumer staples, those old cash cow type businesses uh, that do have high yields generally tend to do well. Uh, the fear here is, you know, as, as Bob Dahl talks, it's, uh, you know, valuations are already relatively high. They're not as high as we've ever seen, but they are uh, expensive. Um, you've got uh, you've got economic conditions where we do have things slowing. We've got prices that are near all-time highs. It's a very strange time, in my opinion, for the Fed to be. I just think it's odd rates. that you just in- you, you increase them and then you turn them and cut them less than a year later. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, I mean that that's it won't be the first time that's ever happened. Um, I just think it's odd. It it, it is strange. In a fairly it, strong economy. Right. Yeah, so here's the thing. Uh, the Fed wants, they, they have a dual mandate, make sure unemployment is high. We just talked about that. Right. Unemployment is uh, 3.7%. Employment is high. Um, <clears throat> so what's what's the need to move there? Their target rate on uh, inflation is 2%. If you look at core CPI, we're at 21 um, you, you add back uh, food and energy, which this is strange, and it's only 1.7%. The overall uh, number is lower than the core right now. Right. That's the reason that they strip those out. They're, they're very volatile. Um, but if you look at the PCE deflator, which is the piece that the Fed actually uses, it's about 1.5, 1.6, something right there. Uh, and we'll get a new reading on that uh, when GDP comes out. It all comes out the same day. Uh, later this month in July. So, uh, you know, you look uh, you look at um, what's going on in the economy. We're near the target. Um, looks like, you know, a potential slowdown in economic growth. Uh, the Fed has said that they're going to be as supportive as possible uh, to the economic situation, so it makes everybody think that we're about to have rate cuts. Rate cuts are going to cause equity prices to go higher. I think the the real risk here is that we blow a bubble. Uh, you know, we create uh, asset prices that are too high. We get uh, inflation rolling, and, you know, it's always been called the cruelest tax. It uh, it taxes everyone across the board, uh, whether you're wealthy or, or whether you're poor. Uh, when prices increase, it's hard to get those back. In fact, you hardly ever do. Uh, so, you know, the, the thing uh, that we do have to look at uh, when we're considering this is whether or not it is the smartest thing to do. And to be honest with you, probably not right now. But I would almost guarantee you we're going to have a rate cut in July. You're listening to Money Talks. We'll be right back. Paradise. 
Listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Sean Ethereum. Is that a Halloween song? Well, kind of, I guess. It's beat it. Oh, it's. <laughs> I, apparently, I don't know the beginning of that. I'm like, Michael you know, Jackson. this is still summertime. Yeah. We're talking about rate hikes later in the year, but it is still July. It is, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, October will be here before you know it. I know, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I think mean, you were you thinking know. thriller. I mean, I don't know what else. It just sounds like a Halloween song. <laughs> sad. Okay. Sad. Yeah, well, I mean, you know. I, I don't know what you do at your house on Halloween, but sure. Play not in July. If, you yeah. <laughs> if you're looking at me to moonwalk, I mean, I'm not that hip. Oh. I'm, I'm woke You didn't say hip. You said woke. woke. Yeah, but I mean, that's what hip is. That, is that really a term they woke. use? They? Well, of course. Yeah, they. <laughs> Whoever they are. <laughs> Those. Yes. Those, hipsters. Those hipsters. hipsters. <laughs> yeah. Younger I, folks. I'm sure they don't call themselves hipsters. Uh, they might mm. not call it. I call mm. them hipsters. I, I want to be one when I grow up. I mean, that's kind of the point of this whole thing. Well, you said you were born I'm in the trying. 30s, right? No, I didn't really say that. I was born 30 years after the 30s. 30 but, years yeah. after the 30s? Okay. Yeah. About. Approximately. But, uh, you know, I knew people that were born in the 1800s, so... You know, when I make references, sometimes it's, I'm not as old as my references, for sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have a financial show going on here, Shauna. This is very serious. I've, of course it is. Uh, if people would like to have their questions answered by us, they can call at one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. Leave a message. We'll play that message on the air and answer right behind it. Or they can call and talk to our producer, Kelly Lynn, 770-429-9166. That, by the way, is also the number where they can reach Shauna or they can reach Peter. Yeah, so, uh, you know, if you guys uh, have specific questions you uh, wouldn't want to ask on the air, but you do want the advice of a financial planner, they can always help you with those. Um, You can also email drgene at hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R dot com. Hensler.com also happens to be our website where you can uh, find lots of information about the financial markets, financial planning, um, investing, various and sundry other things on that website. But you're not going to find out, you know, the answer to what is that song and all the fun stuff we do (laughs) on the air here. Um, when we last uh, were talking, we answered the question for Herb Kirby, who was from Atlanta, basically, you know, the market fears equal to market, uh, rate cut, and will we pay for that cut? Well, and in something you mentioned in inflation, I, I would like yeah. to bring this up. Um, so inflation is at 2.1, and we're targeting 2. And we said if we back out food and energy costs, it's 1.7. No, if you add them back. Add so them core, back. Yeah, it's kind of backwards. Okay. So we're seeing deflation mostly due to energy. Energy prices have fallen. So, But, but the, the reason for my question was food prices. So mm-hmm. they're lower than 2.1? Because uh, well, I, I tell you, my grocery bills are out of this world. Yeah, no, I think now it's I'm feeding energy five, that's driving. But, yeah. Okay. It's energy that's driving that. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's the, the dual man- mandate of the Fed. They want to make sure that there's, uh, you know, inflation is in check. But you also don't want to have deflation. 
I mean, everybody thinks, well, let prices go down. Who cares? I'll tell you who cares. All of us care because what winds up happening is there's a lot of assets, mostly our home that we saw in 2007 and 2008 when they started losing value. Right. People then decide, you know what, I got this mortgage and the mortgage payoff is greater than the value value. of my home. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to do what they call jingle mail. That's right. Mail the keys to the mortgage company. (laughs) Jingle mail? Jingle mail. Yeah. Didn't you hear that? Sean. No. See there. That's really? the reason everybody it, it, thinks I'm an old dude. I just remember stuff. That's I just, all. I just li- live under a rock, I guess. Uh, you must. You must. I'm not a hipster, apparently. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jingle mail. I think you would struggle growing a man bun anyway. I mean, I do. There, there's a problem with that in you. I, I'll explain that off the air later if you don't understand it at all. But uh, anyway, if uh, I mean, you could still buy a Jeep and put a jack on it and, you know, a gas tank and all those cool things that they do these days. See there, I mean, that's it's the gadgetry that makes me want to be a hipster. Is that what it is? Well, part of it. I mean, they're just really cooler than me. It's the biggest thing. <laughs> I'm trying to be relatable to young folks. Is it working? Is uh, it working? I'm not young, so I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm thinking no. If, if I'm not relatable to you, and I'm probably not relatable to young folks, I'm just an idiot. That's <laughs> what you said. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you, I didn't say you it. seconded that motion. I didn't say it. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway. Uh, so yes, you know, dear. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. See there, you learned something on this I show. did. Yeah, I did. Good, good job. Um, so here's the other thing. Uh, part of what we're seeing is economic slowdown, and, and uh, part of the reason I, it's it's always difficult to uh, pinpoint every single thing that's happening in the market. But I will assure you that uh, our our trade spat with China, which is maybe a little more than a spat at this point, is is having a negative effect on uh, economic activity. In fact, this week we saw uh, one of the measures that that uh, we look for in economic activity, manufacturing. It's highly tied to GDP growth. Um, highly correlated, we'll call it. Um, so we saw it slowing again, and I really believe that that piece alone is uh, is due to the fact that that we are seeing um, trade slow down between us and other countries, but mostly China. Uh, I still believe that um, we'll see China lose this thing, but I, you know, I got a little crow to eat, and I told you this off the air. Uh, what uh, I have always been talking about since all of this came up, number one, I believe it's the right thing to do is is try to get them off of their tariffs uh, in whatever manner you want to do it. Most other previous presidents have not been willing to uh, hold China's feet to the fire. Um, and, you know, China, in my opinion, they're the second largest uh, economy on the globe, um, but they want to protect their own industries. This is... Kind of, you know, it's it's like you have a 25-year-old kid still wanting to eat at the kid's table. Um, at some point, you got to say, you know what, you grew up. Let's get over it and, and move on. You can't continue to protect your industry like this. So uh, I think it's the right thing to do. Um, but at, at the same time, it's going to cause economic slowing. It's There's, there's no way around it. I thought initially what was going to happen is China was going to see the writing on the wall you know, this thing is, is uh, overblown. It's going to hurt us. Let's just, uh, let's just move on. What I think might, might be happening now is they're trying to hang on until the election and see somebody else come into power and remove all of those tariffs, uh, and, and they get to go back to their same old ways. Um, 
they do tend to play a longer game than most other countries. Um, but in the meantime, uh, what I will say, even if it hurts China worse than it hurts the United States, we will not see China go into recession without the United States having some pain to suffer as well. Uh, and I think, you know, if you look at uh, other developed nations all over Europe, it's, it's going to be a struggle for them uh, no matter what's going on. If China slows down, they've been the growth engine of our global economy for, you know, the past 10 years at least. Um, and you can't just uh, stop that on a dime and expect that everybody else is going to move on and be un affected by you know the actions that are caused there so um it's it's you know one of those things that i think will happen um it's just a matter of when but we're the major driver of that aren't we what do you mean the tariff buying buying uh, chinese goods right yeah we buy we buy much more of their goods than they buy of ours okay. uh, you know it's a it's a lopsided affair for real um you know we we're basically the consumer of all the world's goods uh, we don't produce most of our most of our uh, industry is services um, right. you know most of our manufacturing has gone offshore uh, and even even in spite of you know what's going on we haven't seen that come back as I said you know we see weakening more weakening in manufacturing uh, because the few things that we do manufacture quite often are sold abroad it's not consumed you know domestically we have some but uh for the most part we've uh, we've gotten to be china's biggest customer right. and uh, when your biggest customer decides that uh you know you can sell us stuff but we're gonna uh, make it more dear to you to do so um you know you're gonna wind up in a situation where we are today um so you know all things considered when you look at what's going on with uh, with China and our economy, it's not the most uplifting thing, but uh, you know I still say we'll survive. Now, what do you do uh, with your with your portfolio investments? I say you stay the course on your long term strategy. Right. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today's show, guys. Market up or down? Up. Up. Shauna says up. Peter says up. I'm the broken record. Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll catch you again next week. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in the Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.